This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta. Have you been to the new tap room yet? It's amazing. If podcast episodes were years in the 1900s that American television first aired an interracial kiss, you'd know this has to be episode 68 of The Harmonious Gentleman. I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. What show do you think first aired that interracial kiss? I think I know this. Can I answer first? Well, let's let maybe let Tyler okay. go first if you know it. I don't know it. Okay. At Peter? all. I don't even know. No, nope, yes. I, I have no Graham, idea. Graham, is it Star Trek? It is. Yeah. And you can probably guess who, Tyler? <laughs> no, William Shatner. <laughs> so do you know who? who William is? Shatner and uh, her, I don't know her character name, name, but I don't know her actress yeah, name, though. I forget, too. Oh, Hura is the mm-hmm. character. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shannon was go. reading me some details tonight that, they, that some network, or ABC, I think, was the network, and they wanted to record him kissing other people just in case certain broadcasters were uncomfortable with that and he made the scenes purposely purposefully not work so they'd have to use wow. a kiss with Ahura, which is kind of cool that's really cool i don't yeah. know a ton about star trek but was it so is interracial but also interspecies no both humans good oh, okay. question though yeah because it could be yeah relevant question yeah. Welcome, Peter. <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's going good, but I'm guys, I'm a little bit like, I don't know, I feel a little off tonight. We got tons of feedback on our conspiracy episode. Tons. And like, I thought, like usual, we don't make any mistakes and just like... Like a concerning amount, would you say? A suspicious amount? I actually, I love it, mm. but it's not all glowing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all positive. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read one just to get this started. We we actually just like minutes ago received an email from listener um, Robin. It's it's called Let's Talk About Birds. It says, Dear Harmonious Ones, I just finished listening to episode 67. When I was on the podcast, I believe I shared with you how whenever I listen, I'm frustrated by the fact that I can't join in the conversation with you guys. This episode was no exception as you deftly handled an often inharmonious topic. I nodded along, concurring with your various <laughs> insights. And here and there, as I washed the dishes, I even commented aloud, harmoniously interjecting affirmations. <laughs> nice. That's probably how most people listen. I, I think That's so. That's how I listen. Kind of like I, I, I in conversation with us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I should stop there, but I'll continue. It says, until... So he, he nodded along and commented and enjoyed it. Until you savagely trashed... Whoops. My hands down favorite conspiracy theory. I'll concede that, like Will Smith, I smiled initially. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's actually a great line. Timely interjection. (laughs) Because I get that at first blush, the notion that birds aren't real seems implausible. But as you carried on, disdain levels rising till the airwaves were thick with it. It was all I could do to contain myself, to stop myself from clawing at my phone in a futile attempt to climb through and set you all straight. You'll be glad to know that harmony prevailed. I can't, like Paul McCartney, just let it be. But what I will do is to reach out in humility and offer you this article in the hope that it will help you to see the truth. And then there's a link to a New York Times article. Yeah. (laughs) Harmoniously, Robin, yes, I am aware that my name is ironic in this context, Pollock. (laughs) 
So thank you, Robin. Instead of reading the article, Peter, I believe, can shed some light on what the article was about and what Robin is trying to tell us. So the beauty of this article, uh, because I read it a while back and it was uh, um, parts of it were interviewing the person who started the Birds Aren't Real conspiracy. And it's basically uh, a conspiracy that makes fun of conspiracy theories. Uh, So it's Mm -hmm. the subtitle of the article is, uh, I think it was like, Birds Aren't Real and They're In on the Joke or something like that. So that that gets the... So we looked ridiculous. Yeah, we had two other emails from listeners Sherilyn and Jesslyn who both also let us know that we needed to do some reading. And one of them pointed us towards Dak Shepard's podcast, which explains the whole thing in a nutshell. So thanks, everyone, for pointing that out. (laughs) I I don't know if it makes us look foolish or not, because we're making fun of a podcast or of a, a conspiracy theory. That is making fun of conspiracy theories. It's almost like they wanted us to do that. Right. Like we are. No, I think we look kind of dumb. (laughs) (laughs) In our defense, it was just in a list of popular conspiracy theories. So what's interesting is a lot of people fall for it. Mm -hmm. And we helped point that out. Okay, moving on. (laughs) If you're one of our listeners who did fall for it, we're sorry. So sorry. We also got, you guys, this is fairly monumental. Fairly, because we had our first audio feedback to the podcast sent to the show. Whoa. So somebody recorded themselves, and I would love to play that for you now Mm. and then respond to it. And it's also criticizing our episode on conspiracy (laughs) theories. (laughs) But not about the birds this time, actually. Oh. So, um, So here it is, listener Kenton. Greetings, harmonious gentlemen. When I was contemplating my feedback for episode 67, I thought it was fitting to reciprocate an audio podcast with audio feedback. It has a certain sense of logic to it. Uh, if you guys maybe think the same, then uh, perhaps this can encourage others to follow suit. Uh, I'd like to start out by apologizing that I've never actually given you any formal feedback to the show before. I've actually been a huge fan since day one and uh, genuinely enjoy the nature and delivery of your podcast. Um, Normally, I have unfettered access to one of you um, that sort of scratches my itch to provide feedback. Uh, But in this case, I'm happy to expand my feedback to a broader audience. So thanks for taking on the precarious topic of conspiracy theories in your last episode. I spend a lot of time thinking about this topic and appreciated hearing what you guys had to say about it. However, as I was listening to the podcast, I was patiently waiting for you guys to draw connections to one of your previous episodes, which had perfectly laid out the foundation for engaging conspiracy theorists, at least in my humble opinion. When it became clear that that wasn't going to happen, I had to take a deep breath and suppress my urge to start yelling out the concepts that your friend Peter had done such a great job of educating me with back on November 13th. If you haven't figured out what I'm talking about yet, or some of you may not have heard that episode, I'm talking about episode 56, I believe it was, the episode about epistemology, the philosophy of knowledge, how we know what we know, the difference between opinion, belief, and fact, and all the great categorization of all the types of ways we can accumulate knowledge and evidence. I mean, these are the very concepts that can help reframe a conversation from an emotionally charged conspiracy theory on what we think 
to a more harmonious conversation and discussion about how we think. Anyway, sorry, got a little riled up, but this is uh, an approach that I've personally had some success with and really value. And I just wanted to draw that uh, straight line connection a little bit more clearly um, with my feedback there. So anyway, thanks for being open to the feedback and for all the great work you guys do. Looking forward to hearing your next episode. See ya. Well, Kenton, thanks for like using our own words there to remind us of what we're actually doing here. Brilliantly said. (laughs) And oops, we forgot. I'm not really sure how to respond to that, except for you're you're right about that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Peter, how do you feel? You know, I kind of want to make a new friend. Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> that was wonderful. Yeah, it was. Uh, Tyler's pretty quiet over here. Tyler, how do you feel? Yeah, I, I it was awesome to hear, like, directly from a, a listener in audio format. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I'm going to try this again. I, I'm going to defend ourselves here. I think we just assumed everyone knew that's what, like that was too obvious of a connection, yeah. like a straight the line straight, connection. Clear we, straight line. We prefer to take the, like the, the path less traveled. Um, but anyways, thanks Kenton. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Really great. Ken. Yeah. And you know, we've got 68 episodes of this or 67 episodes. Like we should definitely maybe start mining the old stuff. Not that that one was that old, but you know, for context, we've covered a lot of topics. Um, yeah. Well, thanks again. That was really fun. Well, I think all of that feedback also, uh, in regards to conspiracy theories, like it, it's about truth. It's about, um, sometimes falling for things and then kind of evaluating where you're at. What do you actually believe? Is this true fact checking? And thanks to our listeners for helping us do that. Yes. That's why you're there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone also really made fun of me for the nine 11 stuff I talked about. Really? Yeah. Huh. They actually went as far as to say that I they didn't believe my story. And I said, it's what? sadly true. Because yeah. I had a listener actually say, I get what you guys said, but I there's some of that 9-11 stuff that I'm still struggling through. Interesting. Yeah. So those two people should meet. They should meet. Are they the same person? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the pressure's on for us to have a good episode here where we oh, don't man. make fools of ourselves. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> This segment is proudly supported by Cilantro and Chive, serving up fresh, simple eats, serving up fresh, simple recommendations from the harmonious gentleman. So we're going to do some recommendations now, and I'm going to start with a musical artist, Royal Canoe. Mm -hmm. Graham, you and I um, went and saw this band at Bose in Red Deer, a little bonus recommendation. Bose is an awesome venue for seeing music, but Royal Canoe, great Canadian band, um, I guess the way I describe them is kind of like indie rock, but um, upbeat, creative, interesting, lots of synthesizers. Just Great so fun live. to watch, eh? Yeah, like, yeah. super interesting to go to live. And I know for our local listeners, they might not be able to catch them on their, their tour because they just came through, but check out their albums and uh, catch them the next time they yeah. pass by. Are they Royal kind of one of those bands that like live is almost better than their... Well, that's how I... Krista and I saw them in Calgary years ago at the Calgary Folk Fest. So we, we kind of discovered them live. And so that's how we came to enjoy them and then discovered their albums and listened to them over the years. Um, but I think their their albums are legitimately good as well. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Check out their, they have one that just came out 2021, I believe. Mm-hmm. Definitely worth checking out. So Royal Canoe, band from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Check them out online or live. Yeah, they're nice. amazing. So unique and just as a gem of a, of a band. I'll recommend a show. I'll be really quick about this. Um, Peter, good friend of the show and current guest, <laughs> recommended that I, I watch an anime, a cartoon, if you will, and um, called Demon Slayer. And we had this deal where we'd watch each other's favorite show. He watched mine. He hated it. I watched his and I love it. So um, if you are looking to watch something kind of different, maybe you want to give anime a try or you already watch anime. Well, if you do, you know the show already. But it's called Demon Slayer, and it's uh, just a really cool, beautifully drawn show. I mean, I just... Hmm. Peter, thank you. Good recommendation. It's, it's not for kids, though. I should I should point that out. It's, there is, there is they some, probably knew that from the title. There is some slicing of limbs and, and, and blood, but it's uh, just really cool and different. Like, you know, when you're, when you're watching the same true crime documentaries over and over again, and the eighth Batman movie in the last 10 years, it's mm-hmm. cool to watch something kind of new. Um, Chris, what do you got, man? Something new, something fresh. You guys have probably heard of it. It's called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It is probably the best, most creative movie I've seen in the last 10 years. I highly recommend it. I don't want to tell you too much about it before you go see it. Um, Genre would be hard to say. It really comes down to a story about a mother and her daughter. But it is so creative. It's an indie film. I think it's kind of gaining steam. Started out making a little bit of money. Word of mouth is drawing audiences to it. Michelle Yeoh, who you've probably all seen in some Kung Fu movie somewhere along the line of, is just incredible. And if you loved Short Round from Indiana Jones, uh, he plays just an amazing character. Yeah. Hmm. And I can't recommend... I'd love to talk more about this, but that's all I'll say for now. Go see this movie. It's on my list. I'm pretty sure it's a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I bet it's higher. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it wrong if it's only 95%. With a 98% audience score, I think. But it's on my list. Uh, Peter, what do you got? (laughs) So my recommendation is uh, two local businesses that are right next to each other. Uh, uh, One is Dose, which everybody who knows me knows that Dose is basically my second office. Mm -hmm. It's uh, a coffee shop. They have two locations in Red Deer, and I always go to the the riverfront one. And right next to that location is Wheeler's uh, bike shop, which I love biking and they've been uh, really good to me. Uh, so it's uh, it's good to have both a bike shop and a coffee shop right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And so I just recommend that. I love that. And that's where they're yeah. going to build a, a gondola at some point <laughs> yeah, that goes right. across the bio ponds. Yeah, I really hope not. <laughs> well, I mean, what's wrong with just a footbridge? You know what I mean? I don't know. What do you guys think? We could have a whole episode about this. Let's talk to the mayor. <laughs> yeah, it's so. Hey, I have a story about. I, I second both those recommendations. We, I was on a. We were biking around Red Deer, and one of our kids' bikes malfunctioned right near Dose. Went into Dose for a coffee, and then just mentioned, "Hey, we're having some bike trouble." And they said, "Hey, we our neighbors are our bike bike people." So they they gave us lent us some tools. We went out quickly repaired the bike. Huh whatever the issue was and we're on our way with nice. some, some great coffee to boot. So good oh, recommendation. Man. Good vibes in here tonight. Everybody's yeah, feeling good. This is just yeah. everything. It's because I'm here. It's everything all at once. <laughs> everything all at once coming together. Everything everywhere. 97% by the way. 97. And who are those three idiots that come on? Yeah. <laughs> like, get a life. It's really mean, but, uh, 
True. Go watch Demon Slayer. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they might give it a favorable rating, is what I was going to say. No, I, I know what you're going to say. Um, <laughs> Peter um, sent us sort of some pre questions or a pre question for this episode that were, it's fairly challenging. And so I'm looking forward to tonight's conversation. Um, how do you guys feel? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. I'm doubtful that. Uh, <laughs> It's gonna work. It's out. gonna work. Out. Peter, what's a, what's like a three word <laughs> teaser before the before the music here? Well, I think Tyler gave the teaser. Did he? So okay. it's I have faith that, uh, <laughs> that, it, that it'll work out. Oh boy. Okay, so let me pull out my notes here. It's only a page type this time, so I, I think... Typewriter or word uh, processor? Word processor, okay. yeah. But Microsoft Word, so not even a Google it. Doc. So no. is, that, yeah. is that okay? Old school. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the topic tonight that we are covering is doubt and how it relates to faith. Um, and one of the things I want to recognize with this, too, is like, I know that not all people who listen to this podcast are Christians, like some may have a different faith or agnostic or uh, atheist or whatever. But I think this is still good. This will be a good episode simply because this is a big part of uh, our culture and society and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I kind of want to have set things up a little bit. So I'll talk for a little bit here, but not too long of like, what do we mean by doubt? Because this is like one of those things where there's a whole bunch of different meanings. So like, like for example, when you read the the Psalms in the book of the Bible, uh, that book of the Bible, doubt is usually portrayed as like a difficult time where you struggle to trust God, like everything is falling apart and you wonder if God even cares. Like that's one aspect of doubt. Uh, another aspect of doubt is if, uh, um, questioning if God exists. Now that question actually isn't near as, uh, prominent as it used to be. It used like, um, during, um, modernism, we're in a postmodern, uh, time during modernism, like, uh, doubt in God's existence was the big question, but I actually don't think that's as big of a question as it used to be. And, um, we're kind of moving away from that. Uh, but another, uh, another thing that I hear when people talk about doubt, what they normally mean I've noticed is just unsettling questions about their faith. Uh, so they have big questions that like stirs up the dirt and, uh, it's hard for them to, to figure out, uh, uh, how to like navigate that, that issue. And so that's normally I've noticed what people mean by doubt now. So that is um, that is what we're going to like dig into is that aspect of doubt. Uh, so I asked uh, uh, each of the uh, gentlemen here uh, an area of doubt in their mm -hmm. lives. Uh, and so uh, I told them to tell me so I could organize it, but they haven't told each other what that area of doubt is. Um, I didn't really want them to influence, uh, each other. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I love that they cover different categories. And oh, so, they? so oh, yeah. they are all within that third category of doubt where it's like, uh, 
deep questions uh, about uh, faith and whatnot, but they're uh, different angles. So I'm excited. And I I thought about like, should I share my area of doubt? Uh, but it's remarkably close to one of you guys. Like uh, when you told okay. me your area of doubt, it was like almost exactly the same. So I might, hmm. um, yeah, talk a little bit then, but... Does that yeah. person get bonus points? I say yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see uh, who, who that is. Um, but another, another thing I want to talk about too is like uh, questions that um, uh, stir things up for a person. It is a vulnerable thing. Like a lot of times within a church setting, people don't feel like that's a safe place to bring up questions. Yeah. And that causes yeah. a lot of... Um, a lot of tension within the church, but like one, one thing too, within Christian history, uh, there's always been like this intellectual academic aspect, um, that always like focused on these heavy duty questions. So it's not unheard of too. That's just not most people's experience in church. So there is a vulnerability, but I think it's a really good thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's all that preface there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the first question before we go on to each of the areas of doubt that you guys have is how do you normally see the relationship between doubt and faith? Well, I spent uh, some time drawing this out. I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll post it on our Instagram or something. I, when, when Peter texted asking for us to respond to his question, I I started by drawing a little diagram to explain how I understand this. Hmm. So I'm gonna. I'll well, go this first. is a good diagram. Yeah, oh, you should it? definitely. Yeah. So put that I on view social media. Like doubt as an essential piece of faith, and I like how you started the episode, Peter, by saying that this isn't just about Christianity or even religion. Like I think this, the the idea of doubt and faith, like you could apply that to science. You could apply that to understandings of politics or just humans like yeah it's it's pretty universal but when i made this i was thinking about my Mm -hmm. my christian faith and i thought so i started with uh it's a circle and uh the whole circle is faith and it starts with a belief um so well I'll, i'll leave examples out but like i believe something to be true and then an arrow going to um experience so I go from believing something to an experience, whether that's um, living something or just reading something or hearing something that doesn't line up with my belief and that creates tension. And then from there, I would go from to like curiosity or to learning. If I, I think if I'm... If like my, it sparks it, that, that, right. that episode. So it's kind of like an evolution, like it's a, it's a cycle eventually. So it goes from belief to experience to... And that's where like the doubt comes in, where those things don't line up. That's the tension. And then I think if my faith is healthy, I'll go to a curiosity where I'm, I, I'll learn or I'll, I'll dive a bit deeper and go further through the cycle to kind of re, realignment hmm. where I will kind of become comfortable again and um, then back to belief. Yeah. So there's kind of like an uncomfortable piece of the cycle, which I would, I would call doubt. But in order to evolve, that's required. Like there needs to be a, a discomfort um, in order to have that that growth or that 
realignment or whatever you want to call it. So that's kind of the way cool. yeah. I think about it. It's an essential piece of it. I yeah. like that. I yeah. Do you want to respond to that or? Oh, well, yeah, I was just going to say the thing that I liked about it is like an image that I often use is thou is similar to like strength training. Like it's yeah. uh, um, something something that's difficult. It's something that causes a, a decent amount of pain, but like it'll make it like your faith or your belief or whatever that is stronger mm. in the end. Yeah. And I think this the the circle that you described there is pretty accurate. Um, I feel like, I think we've talked about this before, maybe on the podcast, but maybe just in our conversations that faith requires doubt or if, if, if I was certain about everything, I wouldn't require, I wouldn't need faith. Like I wouldn't need to have faith in something if I knew it to be true. I, f- I feel like there's a difference there and doubt is just a part of like, I don't know if it's the other side of faith, but I like how you described it. It's the strength training for faith, but it, it has to, or it in, for me, it exists with faith and not in a threatening way. So I can doubt things. I can then be, have faith that things are true. And sometimes I've got certainty in there. So maybe my circle is more like a pie graph of a third certainty, a third faith and a third doubt. I don't know. For me, it's just like, I, I feel like it's just a totally part of like a natural part of being a human like if you're if you don't have doubt, I I don't understand you. Right. <laughs> that that makes sense. Like I just yep. I think it's just totally a natural totally. thing. And yeah. if you told me you had no doubts about any of your beliefs, whether they're religious or not, I would still wonder. Yeah. Really? How do you do it? How you no? Know, is that is that okay? Is that natural? Is that healthy? I don't, that was my angle on. It. Like it's like yeah, of course I got doubts. We all do. I know. At, at one point in my life, I would have thought having doubt was a sign of weakness Mm. Mm. right so and that's not where i'm at now like that's but that's probably where i started out with similar to what you said chris where there's like kind of two sides to it's like you have faith or you have doubt and that's not really what you were saying that they kind of coexist in a healthy way but i think the way i maybe grew up maybe at a time you had it was either or it was yeah like if i was having doubts that meant my faith wasn't strong enough right for sure and and yeah but that's so then if you have doubts, how do you feel about that? Right. Like you just feel like there's something wrong with you or whatever. Right. Like but you kind of feel like you've got to a place where it's okay that those things can coexist. Oh yeah. Like now it's just, it's not a sign if of If you weakness. didn't have doubt, you didn't, like you don't have faith. <laughs> like that's. Yeah. yeah. You don't like need it it's actually. A pe- it's a small yeah. piece of yeah. the uh, the whole thing. If you're certain about things, you don't need faith. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also helpful, like, uh, within, like, the religious Christian context as well to add other language, like, trust. So, like, like yeah, I have, like, big questions, um, and sometimes I prefer questions over the word doubt, but, but yeah. like, I have big questions that, that have concerns and whatnot, but that doesn't really affect, like, like the trust that I have in God and uh, those, those yeah, sort of things. Yeah. Like uh, trust has more of a relational aspect to it. And so I I think the using different language could be helpful within these discussions. Well, and even like having a, a belief or a faith going into it or having this understanding that those can change, like I think has been important for me. Like knowing that whatever I believe could be wrong and that's not a sign of weakness to acknowledge that 
because there's been so many things and this has been a bit of a theme of the podcast and even yeah, like we've been wrong about so many things in our lives or on this podcast. Like, so who's to say I'm not like all of episode 67. All, exactly. exactly. <laughs> one through 67. I believed yeah. one thing about yeah, the yeah. birds aren't real in and conspiracy. But so, yeah, so like even to hold kind of lightly to like to have a faith, like believe what you believe, but also know that you like that that can change and that's not the end of the world. There is a saying that we always had in seminary, and this saying probably would make some people uncomfortable, but the uh, professors uh, would always begin class by saying there's no such thing as a heresy within these four walls. Uh, like, cool. uh, because we, we need to be able to like like really dig into the questions and not put ourselves in boxes here when we think through stuff. That's just the seminary version of there's no such thing as a dumb question, basically? Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's neat. Okay, so the reminder of the question that I asked each of these guys are uh, what's an area of doubt that they have in their lives? Uh, and just so you know, we're not going to like come to answers to these questions. We'll like discuss them and whatnot, mm -hmm. but we're not going to come to any conclusions if that's what you're expecting. Well, that's why we ask you on here. Oh, <laughs> you're supposed to fix this, Peter. <laughs> so, but the, the first person uh, who's going to go would be Tyler. Okay, I'll try to kind of remember how I responded to you. Um, I, I, I've already kind of explained my understanding of, of doubt and faith and how those two things go together. So I'll use this as an example of how I've moved through that cycle, I guess, to start. Um, at one point in my life, I would have doubted or been uncomfortable with my belief about heaven and hell that I was taught as a kid. So like the eternal life, like golden streets, burn for eternity in hell, like that, that teaching, that would have been a belief, but then my experience and understanding created tension. I read, I changed and I've realigned and now I no longer have that same belief and I'm quite comfortable with it. So I would no longer call my, like that area, an area of doubt for me, if that makes sense. So at, at some point it would have been, but now I'm just, I've accepted like my beliefs about it are different than they were before. It's no longer doubt because I'm comfortable with it. But an area that I would say I am earlier on in the evolution or the cycle. So like where I am kind of uncomfortable with um, my understanding of it would be God's um, knowledge of the future and ability to um, manipulate it where, so I have a belief about that. I've for most of my life believed that God knows the future and controls and knows kind of all of that. But my experience and things I've read or things that I've, I've thought about my thinking right now doesn't line up with that. So I would say I'm in a stage of doubt with that. So I'm like my, my faith is uncomfortable there, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm with like does god know the future or can he manipulate what will happen in the future and yeah so that that would be like that would, that was my example of a current state of doubt 
can you uh, tell me um, if you can think of the um, of some of the experiences that that kind of caused the the tension? The idea that when people pray for God to to change something in the future, and then those things don't happen. And then if I, one belief that I have that is not in a, a stage of, of doubt would be that God is a loving God. So if God is a loving God and knows the future and can manipulate the future, then why doesn't he? Um, so that'd be like a kind of firsthand experience from praying myself or hearing prayers and seeing the outcome. We just kind of raise those questions or those that some tension there. Mm-hmm. And then also just reading and listening to other people who've studied this stuff way more than me and hearing their their understandings of God and how he um, can be a loving God and also be very powerful, but kind of interacts with time in a way that is different from what I grew up believing has just created a tension in my in my mind. So... Yeah, so it's a combination of those things, like seeing things, feeling things, and then also reading and hearing things. I like how you told two stories, and you talked about one being kind of a settled doubt, and then one is like an evolution. Mm -hmm. I like that. (laughs) Like various stages of of (laughs) evolution of doubt. Yeah. When you when you are like, let's say, I don't know if you're wrestling with this, but let's I'll just use that word because that's what some people do without. Does it impact the way you think about God when other people like bring their arguments to you? Like if you were to say this and like, let's say I tried to convince you of something, does that, or is it like your mind is kind of on that track? So it's evolving as like the term you used. Well, it's the term I used when I responded to Peter's text. Yeah. And so like, this isn't a, a thing I've been working on for a long time or anything, but like, I just, I've, and I've I've used the words comfort and discomfort. Yeah, like I'm I'm comfortable with my belief about heaven and hell right now, um, and uncomfortable with my belief about mm-hmm. um, God's how He exists in in within time and. But for you, does uncomfortable mean like it? You haven't settled on on but, an answer. But I guess you asked, "Am I wrestling with that?" Like I'm using the word uncomfortable, but I'm actually comfortable with the whole process yeah yeah like I, i'm not worried not or like stressed out crisis. about it yeah, or yeah. Okay. yeah it's not a crisis it's it's the next that's part just the of the cycle is in. curiosity so yeah. now what i what i am is i want to read more about that specifically so that i can realign and kind of get back into a a place where i am comfortable with what i believe about that and then once you've kind of settled is that belief now is that ever revisited or is that oh, like yeah. now that's what you believe? Because it's continuous. The next part of the cycle is experience is going to create tension. But it's not like um, once something's come back around that circle that you described, it kind of gets put on the shelf and now you're thinking of the next thing. Anything is potentially in that circle at all yeah, times. There's, or there's like infinite numbers of cycles going yeah, on at once okay. like the heaven and hell cycle the that that could be revisited answers to prayer the yeah, okay. miracles the yeah cool yeah. i like how you describe that thanks i spent like five minutes on it <laughs> peter got a really long text because i just put my phone on voice to text and yeah. just kind of walked around the house Ooh. trying to respond 
Thanks, Tyler. <laughs> You're welcome. Peter, are you going to fix them now? I'm just kidding. No. Who's no, next, no. Peter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the next uh, uh, person who is going to reveal their soul to us is, is Chris. be articulate with this, but I'm afraid it won't come across that way. In my faith journey in my life, I think there's lots of things I've questioned, like Tyler's really great visual or graphic that you can kind of picture in your mind and maybe he'll share like a version of. Um, I don't have anything like that that kind of helps me get through things, but that makes a lot of sense, Tyler, the way that you explain that. A question that I posed to Peter that I've struggled with, especially recently, is the idea of miracles and questioning. Not that I doubt that miracles happen or could happen or that God is capable of them or that the Bible's accounts of miracles are, aren't true. I believe they are. Um, but I do question or I have questions about modern day miracles. Um, if they actually happen, Tyler, you kind of touched on like when we pray, does that like, can God somehow incorporate that into what he knows about the future or does he actually know the future? Um, so that's kind of a little bit of what uh, my doubt is with, but I guess if I had to like summarize this, which I'm doing a bad job of, it would be <laughs> our, our miracles, like modern times do miracles actually happen. Mm-hmm. The ones that we hope and pray for, I guess. And I'll preface it like, or I'll kind of counterpoint to that say, Weather patterns are miracles. The geological record is like babies are miracles. Um, you know, the fact that people can get along for five minutes in a room, that can be a miracle. Like there's miracles are happening all the time, but like supernatural things like healings or those kind of things, I I think I have a significant amount of doubt about. Would this have more to do with miracles that are sort of asked for? Yes, I think so. And acknowledge in that way. Yeah, like not like just, the solar system or the sure. power of the sun. Like I think th- those point to God created those things and they're amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's like when I've asked for something or when I know people have asked for things that don't happen. Yeah. You know, when they're praying for what a miracle. But what about like when something when someone says a miracle has happened? Like that they I have huge doubts not that i want to just say like oh i don't believe anything you've witnessed because i want to but yeah and yeah and maybe i like one of the things i talked to peter about because we had coffee together at dose right beside wheelers um, (laughs) was that maybe my faith doesn't require those things so then and other people's like I, i i don't mean that as an insult to anybody who is hoping for those things but i've hoped for things that haven't happened. And then it's like, is that my faith is weak or, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I think for other people, it's almost like their faith requires miracles to happen so that their faith can continue. And then I've almost felt let down on their behalf, if that makes sense. I, I feel like a lot of this goes back to the kind of the, I don't know if this is the right word, dichotomy, like where it has to be like science or God. Yeah. Right. And I feel like a lot of people, they need their faith to be in something other than science. Like, mm-hmm. otherwise it's not God. 
Yeah. Right. So like with a lot of the, the miracles that people are praying for, um, or people that pe- things that happen that people claim afterwards as miracles, I think can sometimes be exclaimed or explained through, through science. Um, and for some people it's like, well, those are two separate things, but for me, I feel like those, I've kind of just redefined miracle, I guess, like where it's when I think about someone being healed or or something being unexplained by like a doctor can't explain it. Like I still Mm -hmm. think there is a scientific explanation to it. Mm. We just don't see it. And God created all of this and put this all in motion. So you can still like God gets, just like you said, like the solar system or like, tornado like all these things are happening because god created them to do, yeah, do right. so right so i'd be i'd agree like i have s- similar skepticism of healing like those come to the i know someone here yeah like an arm is, grew back or i was in a wheelchair and now i don't need one or my tumor's right. gone and like does that mean there's never like unexplained things that can't be explained by our current understanding of science like those things happen Right, where doctors can't explain it or scientists can't explain it. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a scientific explanation. And that also doesn't mean that God isn't interacting with, with us through his creation. Uh, right. Yeah, like and our immune system is miraculous. Like, yeah. But I'm talking about like the doctors are saying, you've got yeah. no chance. We can't help you. We prayed. Wow, what a turn. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. But the, the one in the thousand one in a million times that yeah. does happen right there's probably also a scientific explanation you're it, saying it does happen yeah and people and there would be a some i do think there is a scientific explanation to it but yeah i i actually struggle with that but partly because you're gonna disagree with me yes i know <laughs> i know <laughs> Uh, partly because though I've been reading some uh, postmodern philosophers, uh, so I've been uh, uh, reading uh, a guy Leotard. Uh, um, the name always comes up. Leotard, yeah, 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 I'm saying it right. Uh, uh, but anyway, Leotard onesie. Yep, yep. That's a. But anyway, <laughs> so he he's uh, he's um, a postmodern philosopher that basically. Uh, um, tries to push the idea that science is just uh, a person interacting with something. It's like an interpretation that science can't actually solve everything. And it's really caused me to think, uh, because normally I probably would have agreed with you and maybe I still will, but it's just like reading, uh, this philosopher. I'm like, Oh, is this like just an assumption that I have that we'll always figure out a scientific explanation. Um, Will we? I'm not, I'm actually not sure at the moment. And to me, that's what's supernatural. Like if you have to define it, it's when, well, that is against the typical order of science. Like if a person had their hand cut off in a war, let's say, and it grew back because like God made it, that would, there wouldn't be a scientific explanation for that. Would there? Well, Well, sorry, go ahead. I just, this reminds me. Also like it would never happen is what I think. (laughs) That's where my doubt comes in. I don't have a, a like a agreement or disagreement, but I, we talked about the God of the gaps in the past. This, this reminds yeah. me of where it's like, it's dangerous to say, since we don't know what this is, it's a miracle. Because if you do find out that it was 
scientifically proven then now what? you've almost like undercut your belief in some way yeah sure and so like the historically that's that's just dangerous to like so you could so, so maybe there could be something unexplainable but it's like it's dangerous just to say that well you know what you have to be a little more humble than that or a little more you know like yeah it's really amazing maybe yeah and, and i i totally agree with that like i i think the point that this philosopher was making is sometimes we treat science like religion that it will sure. just explain every single thing and we'll just Trust the science and we're good to go. Okay, this might be heresy, but let me use one of my favorite movies. (laughs) It's okay in this room, on this podcast. (laughs) Okay. There's no such thing as heresy. Uh, One of my favorite (laughs) directors is Danny Boyle. He's got a movie called Millions. This little kid is visited by all these saints. St. Peter visits this little guy and he's explaining the feeding of the 5,000. And he talks about how um, Jesus didn't actually like multiply the fish and the bread. What happened was everybody who showed up ended up sharing their lunch with each other and isn't the real miracle that these people got along long enough. And I'm not (laughs) saying Jesus didn't multiply the fish and the bread. I think he did. But that is kind of like how I view miracles in some way. It's like, does it matter how the fish and the bread got multiplied? Like the point is that people's needs were taken care of. And that's kind of cool. And that's and that's the miracle to and me. And that was the miracle. Because I, I kind of am more compelled by the the other version where like that it wasn't just a the fish multiplied. It's like something happened. Like people got... People's food. hearts were open to share with each other. Yeah, like they had that food. It was just now shared. Like that is a more compelling story to me. But in the end, like either way, that's a really cool story that we can learn from. And that's, yeah, I think the importance of it. So I thought for mine, Peter, I would just, uh, just read what I texted you because I, I don't know. It makes sense when I just read out again. So here's what I texted back. Um, I've had various doubts over the years. Some stick in my head for long periods of time and others are gone pretty quickly. That was the first thing I thought about actually was just like, what kind of doubt am I thinking about here? Because some are just, mm. you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're a couple fleeting. days fleeting. They ultimately don't matter that much, but then some stick around. But the more I thought about the ones that stick around, there was sort of a theme to a lot of that. And that's what I kind of uh, boiled it down to. So I wrote, I could probably boil most of them down to the behavior slash attitude of the mainstream church. These issues have always given me pause. And then examples, evolution, politics in general, sex and gender, etc. But it's clear that my feelings on the matter have uh, really ramped up in recent years. It's safe to say that I'm almost constantly disappointed in, at odds with, or simply enraged by some of the prevailing beliefs or messages conveyed by the church. There are points where I want nothing to do with it, and it has given me doubts and questions as to how so many Christians could mold the church into what it is today. What does that say about the faith itself? Also, I like anime. What does that say about me? <laughs> that's definitely the deeper question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just, uh, that, that's kind of been a, a theme for me over the years is just like what I'm, and, and I know, I know the mainstream church isn't the church, just like mainstream anything isn't the thing. Like I know that's part of this too, but I do, like I said, I do wonder there's so many directions that the church has gone that I just think to myself, how could, how could it have gone that way? Um, when you say the church, what do you mean by that? That's a good question. Maybe just the most, maybe the loudest part of the church. 
the most influential. Well, you said the mainstream church, but yeah. then also the church. Do you think of? I, th- I think I mean the same. Things? I think I mean mainstream church. I think. Like I don't think, for example, Peter, as a pastor, that you preach the things that I am talking about. I don't know. I might. You don't. No, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying, right? Like, and I think you guys know that, but I just, yeah. it's not so much about that. It's just about like, wh- how is that? Because those, to me, those churches seem to get the most power and influence. Or at least exposure. Or exposure. Do you think though that mainstream church is part of the true church? Well, that's my kind of my part of my question. Like if it is, I got some real doubts. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't want it right. to be, but is it? That's my, that's it. Tyler, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, as the uh, resident expert yeah. on this, I agree. Like that, that yeah. But I, do, you, do, you, do you guys think the church that I'm talking about, is that is that the le- legitimate Christian church? I want to hear what Tyler says first. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I, I don't know how to phrase it as a doubt, but like I, I have a lot of criticisms of the mainstream church and a lot of problems with it. And yeah, like this, I, I tried to write it down quickly. Like how, how could so many, how, yeah, how could so many Christians have gone for this version of Christianity or yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would, I, I identify with that. But I don't like the the question: is, Are they part of the church? Um, Chris, maybe you should answer that. I mean, <laughs> I totally get what you're saying, and I think of it as like, yes, I hundred percent think they're part of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Are they the part that requires more? Like, they should be covered up. They're the part of the body that <laughs> we don't talk about. <laughs> Or, you know, they're the people that we have to treat with like kid gloves or they're the part that mm-hmm. we need to be careful because they're less dignified or whatever. But I mean, yeah. I think the body of Christ is really diverse and I want it to be that way. And I'm really, if everybody thought the same way as me, the body of Christ would be really weak for it. So I'm glad that it's diverse, but it's also like, whoa, people... <laughs> People in my like community think that like that yeah. for sh- I totally hear what you're saying yeah. and I don't excuse that because I think it's the process is always about refinement and wanting that to you yeah. know alignment with what's true and getting rid of what isn't. But those people, it reminds me of so many jokes my dad used to tell me about like you know you you get to heaven and you're it's like god's throwing showing people through different rooms and everybody's excited and happy and then it's like be really quiet as we walk past this room and then the guy asks god like why do we have to be quiet oh that's the christian reformers they think they're the only ones here like, <laughs> there's sort of like that idea that like yeah. i don't know it's it's really varied and diverse and that should be celebrated but it's i totally know what you're saying like yeah, it's embarrassing I, too, and it's like yeah, don't associate to me with those things because that's not what I think. Right, I totally get. It. I'm not trying to defend. Well, that, but no, I know. I, I, I just also don't want to come across as. I mean, I sound pretty judgmental. I think when I say that, mm-hmm. in a, in a way, like I feel kind of. But it's like you're concerned for, the, how other people view it, and yeah, the the witness that we have if that's who we're tied to. I totally get it. Yeah. I think, kind of go back a little bit. You something about like who's the body of Christ? I what if the body of Christ is everybody? Yeah, right. And then and then, but then there's this small, this relatively small group 
that is now labeled as Christians mainstream church, they are getting the label of Christian when they are actually a relatively small sample of, of what all people are. Right. And that's what yeah, I think. That's true. Yeah. And I mean, all people, not just all people who identify as Christian, like they, yeah. Yeah. That's, and, and Chris used the words em, embarrassed. Like that's, that's more kind of how I think I feel. Peter, is this the one you Peter, identified with the most? Wait, did I chime in? On did that. I win? <laughs> you, you did win. This, this is the one I identify with the most, uh, uh pretty easily, actually. Mm. Uh, uh, because like, Chris, that means ours were not good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know. <laughs> well, like I, I think this one, like for me, it's just like, like turns. I don't know, super personal where I like, I think of like actual examples, like where like politics and Christianity, uh, specifically evangelicalism, mm-hmm. have collided, um, and uh, just uh, uh, those power structures, like. Like when I like research like conversion therapy, like and seeing the Republican involvement mm-hmm. uh, manipulating the church and and yeah. uh, um, all that, and and what it always does, it causes me to take one step back, where like if if God's gospel was actually transformative, how could people stay within? Uh, the, those harmful spots because they they're antithetical to the teachings of Christ, and so it's like it really causes me to go in a downward spiral. But yeah. what stops me yeah, from going does? to the, the <laughs> downward spiral is my reaction, though, to to uh, uh, people who I I think have harmful. Uh, um, anti-christian ideas even even though they claim to be christian my response to them is still actually following the teachings of christ so it's just like mm. like oh like i still like for you you mean yeah for me towards so, them yeah towards them so like i i still have kindness and patience and gentleness and and uh um i i pray for them i don't consider uh consider them my enemy like i'm like oh this is like like so it's it's interesting because I still fully believe in the teachings of Christ, and it's like in and in practice, I still consider uh, people who've like caused me harm uh, to still be like brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. So it's it's a weird hmm. spot to be in. This is when I think of miracles. Like I've heard stories of people who repent and are like instantly changed from like an enemy of God to like knowing how to act in all ways as a disciple of Christ. I've never met people like that. What I've seen is the transformative power. It's a long game. Mm-hmm. God does that over a lifetime for people, not in an instant, in my experience. So I'm sure there are cases where that's happened, like a light switch, but I've never seen that. What I've seen and what I experienced in my own life, and Tyler, in your diagram, it's like God works on you over a long time. So those people that we, you, me, have trouble with, he God is transforming those. I have to believe that. But it's not going to happen right away. It's going to happen. I mean, that's what I, that's where my faith kicks in. It's like, yeah, they're way out to lunch on all those things, but God's working on them, I hope. <laughs> or maybe he's working on me and I'll be more like him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Peter, how we do? Is that what you wanted? 
that yeah, conversation? That, <laughs> yeah, I'm grading all of you guys. Oh, good. Uh, I'm looking okay. at all of your logical fallacies. Uh, <laughs> Did my doubt measure up? <laughs> no, this was good. This is this is exactly what I was hoping. I'm be. interested, Peter, when you like meet with people, is a lot of your work dealing with doubts? I would say in the past couple of years, it's turned into that uh, because I think COVID and the different reactions uh, from Christian communities to COVID has caused a lot of people uh, mm. uh, to have doubts uh, and probably similar to to the doubts that, that uh, uh, Graham expressed. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, I said in the last couple of years. It's, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I've, I see that mm. on a very regular basis now. Um, and it's, I think I, and I think it's, I think it's a, a good thing. Um, if, uh, and like people on all sides of like the political ideological spectrum too, you're, you're seeing this, um, it, it's not, it's not just people on one side of the spectrum. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for arranging this. Thanks Peter. Yeah, this is fun. Welcome back. <laughs> Confessions. What a night. What a conversation, you guys. I am just so happy. Uh, my confession is quick. The gentlemen uh, and our wonderful wives went to Cilantro and Chives tonight for the Burger of the Month. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Delicious. And when you're listening to this podcast, it will be over. The month will be over. So or will it be over, actually? No, it won't be, be, actually. Close. A couple more days. So get there if you haven't gotten there before the end of April. But my confession is that I... um. I had a shower before uh, leaving and I trimmed up my facial hair a bit. I'm trying to grow it like a, like a mustache. Yeah. My confession is that I cut the mustache too far down. Um, and, <laughs> but I've been trying to like cover my face all night at the restaurant. I continually had my hands in front of my lips. I, I continually what? like pushed my lips upwards so you couldn't see the gap because when I pointed out to Heidi, she laughed and said, "Like, like you, you mean between it, your nose? Do you and trim the one? above the well, top part a, of your mustache? Only a tiny what? bit, like only. I'm I'm talking a couple strays, but I but I I went way too. I wasn't paying attention, so I'll show you guys in a second here. You can <laughs> you can see. Okay, it's, I wouldn't have noticed, but no, but it's, it's something about your facial hair looked different to it's, me. It's off. It's very off, and so my confession is that it's just just that that I, I noticed that, that I, I trimmed too far down. It's like Jerry Seinfeld with the, with the chest hair. He just kept going. Um, I don't know where to stop. Anyway, that's my my confession is that if you noticed me at dinner tonight, I was covering my face a lot because I was extremely oh. self conscious. Um, Good. Well, you are. Uh, what, what is it? Uh, an eight on the vanity scale? Yeah. Is that what we? <laughs> and we had pictures for our article coming out. Yeah, we just out, did so. a photo shoot. We'll put all those pictures out. I'll zoom in on. I was wondering why Graham's you wore that balaclava till dessert. <laughs> um. Anyway, mine is kind of a pride vanity thing. I have a garage, double garage, twenty-two by twenty, kind of nice size. Nice. And I've always liked to add shelves and such. And for some reason, I just think like having an organized garage is like really important. And mine is like, <laughs> I okay, so the confession is like, I want a really organized garage, but I don't want to spend any money on it. So there's a dumpster that's close to our house and it often has like the cast offs from like the building that's going on on our block. So people will like throw out scrap wood or metal and I'll go at night 
and see <laughs> what's been thrown out from the builders the day before. And then how can I incorporate this into like my garage designs? Yeah. So like I have a tire rack, some shelving, a bike hanger, skateboard rack. And so far I've only spent a few dollars on some two by fours, but mostly it's just scrap. You're, that's, it a sounds hum, like, that's a humble brag. Yeah, I was just going to say. No, it, it isn't a brag because like Avery has this thing where he wants to win like the Canadian Tire Father's Day like package to redesign a garage so that he can like actually make my garage nice. <laughs> and instead it's just like, like if you could just imagine if you were trying to build something out of the things you found in the dumpster, what the shelves would look like. Like that's what my shelves look like. So I, I want I, it to be nice, but it's not because I, I don't want to spend money. Like I respect you more, I think, than ever. Yeah. But that's awesome. If you need to store some things, I got room. <laughs> yeah. Peter. So my confession is that I have never read The Lord of the Rings. What? What? Really? What? Heresy. Yes, you have. Heresy. <laughs> I don't believe this. Actually, totally, totally joking. That's just kind <laughs> of like oh, a confession. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I, I, I quote the actual You've books only and sermons the all the time. So oh, that, yeah, yeah, that's, that's why that's I was totally. so offended. <laughs> huh. I was trying to, like, that doesn't make sense with what I know about you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, sorry, I couldn't think of a real confession. So we'll just have to. It's a good one. Yeah. I might cut <laughs> it there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think on our last episode, someone confessed to stealing, maybe Graham. Mm-hmm. Mine's, that reminded me that I, I once also stole. I stole jewelry. I stole Whoa. a necklace. Wow. Um, but it was from my sister. Oh, it was a gift. Um, well, it was a Valentine. I had I recently had found myself in a, a relationship with um, a girlfriend early February. And then all of a sudden it was Valentine's Day and I did not have a gift. So I made sure my sister was not in her room. I snuck in. Oh, whoa. You stole, stole from jewelry. your sister. I thought you meant for your sister. No, not for. From. <laughs> oh, this is bad. Gave it to my new girlfriend at school. She enjoyed She liked the necklace. <laughs> But then, like, was she curious a, as why it was a, a locket of like your sister and your dad inside of it? <laughs> oh man! And then, but then uh, another part of the confession is that um, my girlfriend broke up with me like a day afterwards, oh. February fifteenth or sixteenth. Oh man! Did you get the necklace back? No, I did not. That was her I game plan all along. Wow! I got a little note passed over to me from her friend saying, um. I think, I mean, enough time has passed. I can use the name. Caitlin it no longer wants to be your girlfriend. <laughs> is, I think, word for word with the notes. I was in grade four when this all oh, happened. Okay. This, oh. this frames it a little <laughs> I, I was expecting high school. College. Like, oh, I know. Yes. It was, it was, I was pretty young. It was... Caitlin. There is no way for me really to get a necklace other than stealing it from my sister. So Hey, man, I had a grade five girlfriend who I bought a locket for my own money whoa so and did she dump you the day afterwards it wasn't the day but it was soon <laughs> did you buy it out of tyler's locker at school <laughs> actually heidi still has it um <laughs> good confessions and good talk tonight thanks again peter for that yeah <laughs> thanks for uh, inviting me on it yeah. was great like always it was great um mm-hmm. so tonight we had some well, the last week or two, we had some amazing feedback from our listeners. So thank you yep. again. Keep sending it along. Yeah, clearly if it's critical, we accept it and read it or play it anyway. Yeah. So if you send it to our email account, 
harmoniousgentleman at gmail.com is one way to get a hold of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can interact with us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Um, we love that as well. And uh, any kind of review you're willing to leave for us, as long as it's very positive, <laughs> on uh, wherever you can do that would be very much appreciated. Particularly Apple Podcasts, if that's what you use. Yeah. Huh. Throw, a, throw a five star on there for us. Give you a written review, Peter, if you have some time. we love it I don't use Apple Podcasts so okay all right. Chris can start getting ready the intro for our next episode and uh, I'm so ready (laughs) and we'll see do you uh, have any suggestions yeah Yeah, let them know if you have any ideas for for our next episode I could use some help all right get that burger in the next day or two see you next time yeah on the Harmonious Gentleman Harmonious